Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shield in Ishmael's Rosenbach, Rachel Ezra. Shimon Ben Yitzchok, Masha Bas Yitzchok. This Shabbos, it's called Shabbos Hagodl. We just had the Dalit Parshas, the four Parshas. <coughs> we read a Parshas Zohar reminding us about Amalek and Parshas Shkolim reminded us about taking the Shkolim. Sorry, it's not the wrong order. And then Parshas Pora about the Pora Aduma and then Parsha Chedesh, Chedesh So each Parsha had a name to the Shabbos, and that Shabbos was named because of the Parsha that we read for the Maftir. <laughs> so the question asks, oh, it's Shabbos HaGadol? <laughs> what Parsha do we read for Shabbos HaGadol? the truth to be told, we only take out one Sefer Teda. we will read everything only from Parshmet Seda, there's no Maftir called Godel there is however Avteda for Shabbos Godel being the Shabbos before Pesach so the question asks of course what is um, question becomes what is Shabbos HaGadol in what way is it relevant to us Shukhan it says Thirty days before Yom Tov, one begins to learn the Yom Tevim about the halachas of the Yom Tov that is coming. And Pesach more so than any other yomtiv, has a myriad of questions. The actual yomtiv itself is represented by questions. As your child will ask you, Next week we will discuss all the, not all, but as much as we can about Yom Tov itself, the halachas relevant to the Yom Tov, the halachas that talk about how the Yom Tov comes about, and how the, how the Yom Tov is prepared for, how the Seder is prepared for, etc., Day of Tavshilin, 
which will be for the second days. The Rav gets up though. The Godel of the Shul, the Godel of the community gets up and dashes on Shabbos HaGodel. And that's pretty much where the name comes from. The Godel Deirish. The Drasha, and therefore known as the Shabbos HaGodel Drasha. Um... Shabbos HaGadol is always the Shabbos, as we said now, therefore, Shabbos before Pesach. The On Shabbos itself, though, the only thing that we really do different is that after Mincha, we read from the Haggadah, Avada Mayinu, Til Chapel Al-Khamenaseinu, To ourselves, it's not done in a uh, communal way, not done by a table, not done with wine or anything else. This is part, a ritual part known as, not known as, but this is what's done on Shabbos HaGadol in preparation for the Yom This is the mainstay, a body of the Haggadah. And it's therefore in preparation for Pesach, it is therefore read on Shabbos HaGadol after Mincha. Pash Mitzayda. Kishmai Kenu. As its name, that's what it is. Most Shurim are found. Tazir and Metzera together, which they most commonly practice, is they are read together. The Metzera was the person that was found with the leprosy and therefore needed to sit outside of the camp of the Jews. What brought about leprosy? We'll discuss Metzera. So Mitzayda means somebody that's all by himself, all alone. And Taka Kushmekainu, as I said, like its name, that's how it is. It's a Mitzayda. It's its own almost forgotten Parsha because it goes always into either Yom Tov time or Svina time or this and everything. And therefore, not much is spoken on Mitzayda itself. Not much, not often time is Mitzayda on its own that people should dashen on Mitzayda per se. In the Pasha it tells us though, Kisavayu el Eretz Kenan, as you will come to the land of Kenan, Asherin Eisein Lechem Lachuzo, which I'm going to give for you for inheritance. And immediately, HaGadosh Baruch Hu says, V'nasati and I will give Negat Seras, Bebayis Eretz Achuzatzchem. I will give a Negat Seras, a plague, of leprosy in the house of your land. 
Rashi explains, Vinosati Negat Saras. It sounds pretty scary that Akash Baruch is guaranteeing us, I will give you Negat Saras. It's a Besura, says Rashi, letting you know, Surahi, Lahem, to them, Shanegoyim Boyim Aleim, that they're going to get these plagues, these little Negoyim. What are they for? Rashi says, Baruch Hashem, don't get scared of them. They sound quite scary and it's quite ugly to have a Tzaraz in your house, obviously. Do not fear, do not fret. Says Rashi, I have good news to tell you, Mashiach is on his way. No, I have good news to tell you, Rashi says. Lefi shehitminu amayroyim the Amaroyim, the people that lived in the land, knew the Jews were wandering in the desert for 40 years and that their ultimate end game, as we say, was going to end up in Eretzisol and they're going to be conquered and it's going to be taken over, overrun. So they took, throughout the course of the 40 years, they were hiding all their gold and silver in the walls of their house. What's the Chalchma? What were they thinking? They knew that they were being thrown out of the land for several reasons. But one reason that they only felt was true was not because the land belongs to the Yidden, actually, but because they sinned. And therefore the land was spitting them out. They therefore understood that anyone that doesn't live up to par the way they're supposed to in this holy land will be spit out. If that's the case, yeah, the Jews are right behind us. They're going to come in, but they're going to get spit out just like we are. So, don't worry be happy. Let's hide the gold and silver for now. The Jews will come here for a duration of years. They're not even going to imagine that the gold and silver is in the walls of our house. In the house walls that literally were the foundation or pillars of the house. So therefore, If they do construction, they'll do other places. They won't do it in the wall over there. And therefore, we'll have it. When they get spit out, we'll come back home. And we'll take back our gold and silver. Tells us, Rashi, since they did this, and it really belonged, really Hashem wanted this to come to the Jews, says Rashi that the reason that Hashem is telling you you're going to get a nega in the house is so that you break out the wall and you find these treasures that were hidden in the wall. Treasures, hidden treasures. What's the source of Rashi? There's a Medrash Rabba on this spot. Says Kivin Shashamu, Kivin Shashamu, Knanim, she Israelim Boyim Aleim. Since the Knanim heard the Yidden were coming, 
They went and hid their riches, their money, houses and the fields. Puts the brings about them the all these different leprosies in their houses. He breaks down and makes a sima. He finds over there this tremendous treasure. And then it says the Yesh Nishchayis that those Nishchayis Shemahem Mamshich Hamedish that some say the Medish says also. So they on the Tzirefes been saying Zehu Hevchem Meitzim Tachel Tachel Sima. Fields will burn also, so that you have to turn everything over and thereby find again all the buried treasures in the fields. The Medish. Now, we need to understand. You can take, they take, sometimes it's a very common thing that they do. They draw two pictures, exact same pictures, basically, with the same five, ten differences. And it's, it's a, a puzzle book. They have, they sell this stuff. People buy it so they can entertain themselves and they sit and find the differences. This one has hair, this one doesn't, this one has a shoelace, this one didn't. Exact same picture they took out here, they added here. But if you look at the picture yourself, pictures look exactly the same. When I tell you find the differences, you know there's differences to look for. If I wouldn't tell you, you wouldn't know to look for it. You wouldn't even think of looking for it. I learned the Pasuk. Kisavoy will let it Kinan, I'll come to the land of Kinan, and Hashem will give the Tiras. Rashi says, why is the Tiras there? Because the Amoirim, the Amoirim, hid their gold and silver. And we learn it carte blanche, we learn it the way it says it. Do you realize that the Amoidim were different people than the Canaanim? It doesn't occur to you even. And the fact that the Pasuk says, you're coming to the land of Canaan, and you're going to find the treasures of the Amoidim is even stranger. Where the source that the Rashi is taking it from, the Medeshava, Medeshava says the Canaanim. The Canaanites would do it. Not the Amoidim. So the source that Rashi is taking it from, quotes properly the Pasuk, but Rashi deviates from the source, and quote, and not misquotes, but quotes it differently. Teda. Pirusha Teda. Rashi wrote his Pirush on the Teda, the pure Ruch HaKedish, pure Holy Spirit. When we learn a word in the Torah, we have to understand that this word is holy. There is no extra word in Torah, and there is no missing word in Torah. If there is a word omitted or a word added, there is a reason for it. 
And as we said once, Rabbi Akiva learned from the Torah scroll, obviously. And on the Torah scroll, in the letters, the letters get different crowns on them. Rabbi Akiva had an explanation, not just for the word, not for the letter, but for the crowns as well. Not just an explanation, but 70. So when you tend to expound on the learnings of Teda, the profoundness of Teda, we begin to see and understand how every single thing, every single word, every single letter, every single Tirop connotation that we sing the Tirop, the Chumash with, has not just importance, not just relevance, and not just significance, but has Kedusha in it, has holiness within it. So now here when Rashi brings about these two, this explanation, where the Medish says that the Kenanim heard, and Rashi says the Amadim heard, the Amadim hid, the place was Kenan, And the place was Canaan, the name of the land was Canaan, then obviously the, the, the citizens were Canaanim. Rashi says they made him. The Chiddushes, the Pasik says, Kizavel had Canaan, and Rashi comes to explain. He explains the simplest way of the Pasuk. So what happened? Rashi deviates. And Rashi now tells and makes reference to the Amadim rather than the Kananim. Actually, nowhere do we find Amadim. Not in the Medish, obviously, as we said before. In the Zaya doesn't mention Amadim. Tasis, the Russian Hades, says the Medish of the Amadim hid. But yet, it's written here according to Rashi's explanation. Let's find the source of Rashi's understanding. If you keep in score at home, it's Gemara Bab Metziah, Chafhei Amid Beis, 25 side 2. There the Gemara tells us, when it comes to a Metziah, Bab Metziah Tomat also talks about findings on the street. We find something lying on the street. About having simonim, etc. Matzabagal, of a case of Yashan, a wall fell down, an old wall, it's still standing, but it's old. And you found an item within there, within the collapsed wall or the old wall itself, it belongs to you. And the reason? Because, 
you could tell the person, you could say to the person that owns the, the pile of stones or the wall, the old wall, Shall I made him him? They probably belong to the Amirim. And this therefore was hidden back in the day of the Amirim, before the land was conquered. And it doesn't belong to anybody. It doesn't belong to the actual owner of the wall and the uh, pile of stones. And here the Gemara says and refers to them as Amirim, not Kenanim. So perhaps this is the source that Rashi is taking using the Yamar Bab Metziah. Let's look a little bit deeper into the, I won't call them discrepancies, but rather differences, or not even differences because they're both Teda, and therefore they're both words of holiness. But, according to the human eye and the human mind, we see something different from here to there. When it comes to these differences that Rashi changes from the Medish, we can say they're not on purpose. Rashi's intention is not to come and argue with the Medish. Not what Rashi is all about. But rather, Rashi, as we know, as we said many times, comes to explain Pshutoy Shamikra, the simplest explanation of the Pasuk. So therefore we understood, understand simply, the fact that the Medish brings down they hid their money in the houses and in their fields, and Rashi only says, in the walls of the house. Rashi does not even pay mention, does not pay heed to the fields. Since Rashi's explanation on the Teda is Pirish of the Pasuk itself, and not stories of the sages, therefore there's no way to explain something that has to do with the fields. Because it says, "Vinasati neged seras bebeis eres achuzaschem bebeis." I'm going to give it in your houses. So what does it have to do with the fields? Therefore, Rashi is explaining what the pasuk actually says. Pasuk actually says about the house doesn't have anything to do with the field. For this reason, Rashi emphasizes bekirois botehem in the walls of their houses. Because through destroying the house, because it was Menuga, because it had leprosy on it, we can find only the hidden things that are in the walls of the house that you just knocked down. But you don't find anything in the, in the, in the floor, in the ground. You're not digging up the floor, you're only breaking down the walls. Therefore, by breaking down the walls, you find what's hidden in the walls. You don't find what they buried. And this way also, we can explain another difference. It's brought down in Medrash. 
Bethesh says, Hitminu Mimoinum, they hid their money. Rashi writes, they hid their gold. Which one is in the other? Today, you wouldn't say he hid his cash. <laughs> You're not going to say he hid his credit cards. He may have hidden his stocks or his bitcoins or any other cryptocurrencies. But there's no reason to hide those in walls about because they, you hide them even in your phone or your computer. And then I don't see the phone getting a leprosy that you pull out the thing. But anyway. In the message it says, Kol Mashet Minu. Everything that they hid in their houses and in their fields. It's a generalization. Memainam their money. Rashi, as he said, only elaborates on the walls of the house. And therefore, he says they hid their gold. Because the house's walls are narrow, they're not so deep. They only have X amount of space, because if you keep banging the wall, you're going to go right out the other side. So you can't just put money and silver and copper. You have your limited space. You're going to save the most valuable thing. In order to justify the trouble that you're going through, breaking out a hole in the wall, putting something in there, and then burying it in there, covering it, and redoing, replasting the wall, gold. You're not putting any other metals. Because gold, a bar of gold, is worth a lot more than the whole bag of copper coins. The fact that Rashi omits to write Avanim Tevis and Magolius, nice stones and pearls, he didn't find it necessary to enumerate. Or, as we said, they didn't hide those things, they took them with them. Which is not outlandish, not out of the question. So the difference here that Rashi learns from Kenanim Tamirim, even though the Pasik says Eretz Kenan, and doesn't say anything about the land of Amedi, that's really what we need to delve into and need to apply ourselves to, to understand. The once explained elsewhere at great length and depth the intention of Rashi A very small point, just points itself 
the foundation, the secret of the explanation of the words of the Pasuk when it talks about Bris ben Absar back in Bajlech Lecha the pact that he made that Kajbaruch made took with Avram and we know the fourth generation will return here that was the pact Because until that time, the sin of the Amedim were not that strong. So though the Pesukim after there, after that, enumerate many different nations, where in the future, B'nai Yisrael will inherit their lands, Amedim was one of them, Chitiv, Amedim, Aprizim, Aivusi, Knani, still in all, the actual establishing of time of when the Jews needed to settle in Israel was Dari of Revi Yeshua the fourth generation of the return here and this had to do with the completion the whole sin of the Amedim So the simple explanation of the Pasuk, that the reason for the Ben Absalom had to wait to the fourth generation, the Bis Ben Absalom had to wait to the fourth generation was because the Amadim had not sinned until now. And Rashi explains that they'll be thrown out of the land until today. Till that time, it's simple. That time, they will compensate. They will make up for the sin of the Amadi. Not like all other generations, not all the nations. And then they will be sent out at that time from the land. Because all of the nations that will be sent from the land will be sent later. So Rashi therefore takes the Pshut Shamikra, the simple explanation. Sichain Melecha Omeri was from the other side of the Yadin and they conquered through Meshir Abenu before all other nations because the other nations were conquered later by Yeshua. And they then, at that point, would totally be taken out of the land until after the passing of Yeshua, as the Navi tells us. And therefore, this is what Rashi emphasizes. Hamedim Davke. Because in the time of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, when this was already the fourth generation Yeshua Eina, that is going to return, then, they knew the Amidim that their time was up. Shleim Avena Amidi. And the time the Amidim had reached to be sent from the land. And because of that, 
they immediately began from Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, the whole 40 years that they were in the desert, in Lashon Rashi, to hide their gold. For they knew the time was up, and the promise to Avram Avinu now, to his children, will now come into fruition. And if we find that we learn, according to Rashi, the matmanius of Sov, the hidden treasures of gold, were not, all, were not in the entire land of Canaan, <coughs> rather only by the Amirim. Because only by them, there was a certain time they were going to be sent out of the land. <coughs> so therefore they planned on returning. According to this we understand, therefore, the differences between Medrash and Rashi. <coughs> Medrash talks about the connection that they hid in their houses. <coughs> I promised the parents, I will bring their children into the land full of good. As it says, a bottom Malayim Kaltuv. Houses full with good, only good. Rashi omits this, because according to the opinion of Rashi, this was this which was hidden was only by the Amorim only. Therefore, we can explain what he omits also in another way. Another. Point. I'm going to turn a minute off. <coughs> Pasha. <coughs> I want to focus on the Iota on the Agoda this week even because it is Shabbos Agodal the Agoda talks about Achtos unity even the Russia he believes in the one and only but he makes himself a separate entity. It's not so connected to him. <coughs> Therefore he says, can't really do anything to him. In Tafresh Nuntes, in Pesach, there are Shabbos for bringing, as it was the Knights of Seder. And on this occasion he told the story. The Chosid of Zalman Zezmer, from the older Chassidim, that still remembered the Valshemtiv, from yet before the time of the birth of Zalta Rebbe, and remembers the father of the Alter Rebbe, the Baruch, together with his mother, came to the Vashemtiv. And they brought the Alter Rebbe as a three year old child. And the Chassid of Zalman Zezma, who ultimately became a Talmud of the Alter Rebbe, repeated the Tatus, the short Tatus of the Vashemtiv that he heard from the elder Chassidim. And one was, 
Heilachmanya. The word hate goes on the word on bina. And this is Lachmanya. <coughs> we understand <coughs> the almost called poverty of the understanding of grasp. We understand therefore the richness of Chachma. Pesach is from the word Pesach. Mouth talks. And the Rashab went to a very, very long discussion on this explanation. In the Nusuk of Manishtana, started off, Ab the Fregen Father, I want to ask you the four questions. All the children asked Manishtana. Mitlerebe, Chaim Avram, Mesha. And after that, the grandchildren, the Samach Tzedek, the grandson, the Samach Tzedek. And each one said, Tatach, Ruba, the Frank, the Fiakashis. Father, I want to ask you. And when they, uh, they finished, the Altarebbe himself said quietly to himself, also starting with the same words, Tata Echluba the Fregen the Fiakashis. Since I asked the Rebbe, who is that Rebbe referring to? The Rebbe answered me, I don't have any real Kabbalah for this. I could only imagine he was asking Achia Shalini. I asked again if that's the case, why does he call him father? He said, I'm asking you not to don't don't repeat this. And he repeated in something that we don't have in writing. The Avada Mayino says he would sing in his own sing song. Whereas Avada Mayino he sang in a different, in a higher voice, a little bit of dvekus, a little bit of devotion, strong devotion. Why did he raise his voice over here? Each word higher and higher. Each word brought about greater and greater things. And then ultimately it talks about the four sons, Echad Chacham, Rasha, etc. It starts Echad Chacham, Echad Rasha. What's Echad? Even the Rasha says Echad. For the Rasha too, as we said before, believes Hashem Echad. Hashem is one. Just considers himself a separate entity. It's not connected to him. As I said before, if he goes, it's good for me, it does nothing to do with me. The Tam, the simple son, 
אז זה מונה פשוטה. מונה פשוטה, תמימה, אבל איש פשוט, סימפל פרסון. What's the echad of the Shaini Day Elishal, the one that cannot ask? This is straightforward. Therefore, we learn two things. We need to ask and we need to answer. At Psachli, the Shaylis of the Chacham. Not necessarily have to be impressed by the greatness of the Chochem. And this is from the son of the Chochem. You don't have to ask why. Shein the Elisha is different. And the Amuna is not everything. In reference to what is given to him to understand, it's not connection, there's no Muna involved. He understood everything through his Asaga. And from there the Muna begins. So when he reaches, when he achieves higher from the Amuna, then he understands everything that was understood, that was brought before. It's not Asaga. This is the beginning of Shein Dei Elishal. This is the level of Shein Dei Elishal. So when the Bala God finishes off the Madregis, Echad of the four sons, he begins to speak about Ma. Each and every one of them, Chochom, Ma, Chuli, each one, what did they say? A Jew prepares himself. He should not know, should not be, he needs to know that he is different. The main thing is that there was substantiality to all this. Nehi, the Netzach said, the Chazakis, the strength of the Chabad, which was brought about the Midas and the Nehi. And therefore, they finished our God with the Shana Abba B'Rishalai with Mashiach Tzidkenu made of Yemen Omi. As we said, going back to the Pasha, that the Mitzayda was in a level of an outcast. We're confused. We get confused. And our confusion is as to what we have to do and how we have to be there. The Mitzayda, the Saint America got himself into a pickle. He got himself into a predicament. And this predicament needs to be 
fixed, it needs to be seen to. He needs to find himself. He needs to find himself in his place in Klal Yisrael. One of the mitzvahs of Yid, the mitzvah of Tzitzis, tells us that Yisrael Meisay is a chatem, is called Hashem. A fellow was telling me, Matzah Shabbos, he's a plumber in trade, and he was doing a job in a warehouse, then he went into the second, another section of the warehouse to talk, I guess, to the boss. There was a more of a, I don't know what exactly they had there. And he says a uh, Mexican fellow worker came over to him. Is looking at him, looking at the side of him, this side, that side, and he asks him. Obviously, his English is not exactly fluent. He asks him. Are you kosher? He says, what? Are you kosher? He says, I don't know what that means. Am I kosher? Are you kosher? Says, I eat kosher. Yeah, I keep kosher. So he looks again. He says, where's your strings? In this trade, working in the plumbing or whatever, obviously let's put a scissors inside and get them black. So he says, oh, and he takes out a tzitz to show yeah, The Mexican says, to him, oh, good, come light the fire. He has to remember where his place is. And wherever they go, wherever a person goes, wherever he goes, everybody's looking. They want to make sure you're kosher. The man with the tzitzes, with his hat, with the jacket, whatever it might be, a woman had sneers, a modesty called Kvuda Basmelech Prima, which automatically brings about the royalty of the Jewish woman. And now we understand, we have to understand what happens to this poor Mitzvah. The Mitzvah is somebody that unfortunately took himself out a little bit. Pasik tells us, Bod of Yeshiv He has to sit alone outside the encampment, encampment of the Jews. That's where he settles. And Rashi explains according to the Chazal, if you keep his score at home, Sechtas Erchen, Sechtas Erchen, Tezayin Amid Beis, in the beginning, the top. He explains why was it decreed on the Mitzvah that he needs to go outside separate in quarantine <laughs> we know what that is today um, outside of the camp there are many people that become impure they don't have to go outside of the camp why is this different? because he himself separated himself by speaking Lashon Hara between a man and another. And by his Lashon Hara, he separated people, therefore he becomes separated. He becomes severed. The Tzeras comes first and foremost because of Lashon Hara. Because this was brought about 
in the name of the person that did this. The Mitzayda is Meitzira. He reveals and he brings out the bad of his friend, of his other fellow Jew. The severity of the sin of Lashon Hara is the whole essence totally against everything that's holy. Kedusha, holiness, is unity, represents unity. And therefore somebody who ties themselves or involves themselves with the opposite, with strife, and with arguments, doesn't have place within the encampment of the three camps of the Jews. Machne Sekdusha. How does the Mitzera purify himself? Just in time for the tail end of the year. We started early today. How does the Mitzera purify himself? Tells us the Tera, the Huva El HaKayin, he comes, he brought to the Kayin. The Lashon of the Huva is brought. This lets us hear that we bring him even by force. He gets brought. There's a hint to this that every Jew in the end does tshuva. Even someone that's been pushed out to the outskirts of the camp. HaKadosh Baruch Hu guarantees them they will be brought in the end even by force and they be brought to the Koyen, to the Kedusha, the holiness, the sanctity of the Koyen. And the Torah continues. In essence, we see really a conundrum here, a total contradiction. After the Torah says, the Koyen sends them out to the outside of the, the outskirts of the Machna, They brought him to the Kayin for tshuva, and he throws him out. Was he brought to holiness, or he brought to sin? But the truth is, they're both right. And therefore we have the guarantee, the promise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that one's heart will always be awakened, and they will repent. They will do tshuva. Even if they're forced to do so. El ha ve'el akdusha. To the teda and the holiness. But if this is done um, by force, we have we lack the mainstay part of the tshuva. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that when a Jew returns, it should be complete, full-heartedly, with his entire essence and the full part, the heartness of his, the full intentions of his soul, and then the full intentions of his mind and body and everything else.
Where do we find this in the Tera? After the first stage, comes the second stage, and the Kain takes him outside the camps. This is the first stage of the purification of the leper. Which is hinted by the return of every single Jew. This should be through HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who brings him, who draws him back in without having to face any kind of opposition. But afterwards, the person needs to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any force. This kfir, this forcing, quote-unquote, it reveals itself in a light from above, a holy light, a light that the person himself is not even really ready to accept. Their capacity is still narrow. They still don't have a way. It's still foreign to them. It's still something they can't take in, they can't absorb. And therefore, this chuva almost seems forceful. The acceptance of this unconditional love coming into them it almost seems to them like they're being fo- it's being forced upon them because it's unnatural to them. And therefore, when it comes into them, they weren't prepared for it, and it wasn't something that they even realized it happened. They have no idea how they came to that stage, how they came to that point, what brought it about, what Ashkach Pratis, how Ashkach Pratis totally, totally encompassed them. But after this, after the hatching of an egg, the spiritual way, Oops. Then starts the opposite side. That the light, the godly light, as if it came down and we bring closer a person, Hakaj Baruch himself condenses his mitzamtsin and makes an f- exact fit the great lights so that a Jew can be mechabalist in their seichel, in their feelings. And this obviously is something that takes time, takes involvement, takes effort, that a person needs to say to themselves and understand by themselves what they're about, how they got here, what brought them here, what's bringing them further. And thereby, 
they turn every their entire essence over in a truthful way, in a panemius, and they return to Hashem with a depth of tshuva. And this time the tshuva is something from within the person themselves, and they develop totally their strength and the strength of tshuva as such brings not only to the eradication of the evil and the bad that they had done but it takes all the Avedas and elevates them to merits and it makes these things these very Avedas these very sins that brought this person down so far and so low now become merits on their part because their tshuva is so complete and thereby they take these merits and they present them to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and thereby we are we merit all the blessings of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then should be merit to the main blessing of the true redemption this Shabbos this Shabbos HaGadol should be great in the fact that we see the great revelations we are taken to Yerushalayim so that next Shabbos should be Nechel Menazvachim Menapsachim good Shabbos to all